Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray this message helps you connect to God as you find your place, reveal your purpose, and unlock your potential. Let's head live to Pastor Chris for today's powerful message. So we're going to be talking about purpose today. How many have been liking this little journey on purpose we've been having? This has been good, right? Really finding out why am I on the face of the earth? What am I doing here? You know, you ever ask yourself that? Like, man, I don't know. Like, what am, what, what's my purpose? Why am I here? You know? And it was kind of funny. I started thinking like, in, just in the natural, you know? Like, I remember working with this guy. And this guy, just every department they put him in, he just didn't have it. You know, we put him in this department. And he was like, oh, my God. And then they put him in that department. And it was like, this guy just cannot pull it off, you know? And then all of a sudden, I never forgot, they were like, well, let's try him here. And everybody's like, there ain't no way he's gonna, he hasn't done the other four things right. How's he gonna find? And the guy found his niche, you know what I mean? And he was like the best guy we had. He was like, uh, he just problem solved and figured it out. And all the while I was thinking, I was like, man, we had this guy in this thing for like a couple years. And just because we didn't have him in the right place, he didn't really show his brilliance. You know what I'm saying? Some of you were like that. You know, like, they, you tried this, you tried that, and you never really got it. And then all of a sudden, you found that niche, or you found that purpose, or, you know, I think this is so cool. Like, whenever I go, like, to the schools, or, you know, like, I, get a, I got the privilege, you know, I, I went and talked to the team a little while, ways go, or we go, see, man, I see, like, some of these teachers are just, just right in their spot, or I go to the daycare, and man, I'm telling you, like, it's funny, like, when I see some of these teachers, they are in their element with these kids, and when I go, when I go to, like, the high school, and I see some of these, I mean, some of these teachers, I'm like, man, that's your thing, man, you could just see it, like, man, they just, they're just encouraging these kids, and giving them hope, and I was just like, man, that's so cool, you know, they're not, they're not, like, you're, like, what you do, you know, maybe you work with your hands, and you just, man, you see it, you walk in there, you're like, oh my God, that's so creative, I couldn't do this, right? Or whatever it is you do, when you find your purpose, you just hit your stride. You know what I'm saying? And you ever been in it and then not be in it or not know why you're here and you're kind of like, what am I doing here? What am I supposed to be doing? And it's not about money or, you know, status or, you know, all this stuff that we think, you know, the earth tells you, oh, this is what it is. No, big is obedience. Big is me fulfilling what I'm here for. And sometimes what I'm here for you know, I used to tell the kids, you could be anything you want to be. And then I changed that. I was like, no, 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 wait a minute. You need to be what God called you to be. So instead of just wanting to be what you want to be, ask God, what am I called to be? What's my purpose? What's my plan? And if you don't notice, sometimes in life, it almost becomes a little frustrating because I don't know why I'm here. And when you don't know why you're here, sometimes you walk aimlessly through the earth because you don't know what you're supposed to be doing. That's why it's so important that we discover it. Because we don't, we don't just come here with a blueprint like step one, step two, step three, step four. No, it's kind of like an, a walk in discovery into why am I on the face of the earth. And now, I know you, you hear this, but something about you looks like God. He said he made you in his image and likeness. Nobody's a mistake. Everybody has God's fingerprint on their life to go do something great. Great might not be big, but great is obedience. 
I don't know what it is. I don't know what maybe you're walking through. But today I want to encourage you that your purpose in the earth is really, really important. Because I've always said this, on the other side of you fulfilling it, somebody's waiting for you. That's the truth. Somebody's waiting for your acts of obedience to fulfill your purpose so that they can find theirs. That's why you're here. And I, I want to really just talk about this today because this really hit me about finding your place in the world. And this is what I want you to know. I want you to know that your mistakes do not disqualify you from your purpose. And I really want you to look at this today. Write that down because I think what happens is sometimes we feel like because we made mistakes, maybe I jacked up my purpose with God. Maybe I took a 40-year journey. Maybe I, maybe I missed it. Maybe, maybe I didn't care about it. I don't know. But whatever you think maybe was a mistake, maybe you blatantly, you know what? Maybe you just blatantly went and just said, you know what? I just did what I did and I did it. Well, guess what? It doesn't disqualify you. Maybe somebody came home and said, I don't want to love you no more and put your life in a setback. Guess what? Maybe that's what happened. I don't know, but whatever you maybe went through, maybe you, maybe you created a mistake, maybe you just lived in a mess, I don't know, but you gotta remember this, you are not disqualified from your purpose because of mistakes that you have made in life. And you need to remember that, because when you walk out the building today, you need to know the gifts and calling of God in your life are irrevocable. That means God, there's no take backs. Remember when you were a kid? No take backs, man. Can't take it back. Come on. It's you got to walk it out. So this is what I want you to see. And I kind of really want you to pull this in because I think it's really important. Um, I got news for you. We all blow it from time to time. Can I get an amen? Ain't that the truth? You know what I'm saying? Like we just jack it up, don't we? Sometimes, you know, like it's going, we just light it all on fire. What do you mean we blow it? We make mistakes. The Bible never took human frailty out of it. If I was God and I was writing a book, I would have left out some of the people. How about you? Right, wouldn't you? Like Peter, we don't really need to write about him. Some of these guys in here don't need to be in there. David was a little shot out there for a season. Let's just talk about all the highlights and let's leave out all the drama. No, not God. See, here's the thing. We blow it from time to time. And the Christian life is a guilt-free life, but it's not a mistake-free life. God took the guilt. He took the shame. He took your pain. Because how many know we all got stuff we do not want to play on a DVD for nobody else to see? I don't know about you, but I just, I made a pact with the church a long time ago. I said, I'll make you a deal. If God has video, surround sound, I'll make you a deal. If you don't judge me when we play your tape, I won't, don't judge me when they play mine. Okay, is that fair? Can we all get an amen? You know what I'm saying? Like if he's got like surround sound, it's going to be bad. You know what I'm saying? Laugh a little bit. You should be, it's just humor. Supposed to laugh. Ha ha ha, funny, funny. It might be video, you never know. I, all right, I'll forgive you for what you said about me if you'll forgive me for what I said about you. Okay, fair enough. All right, praise the Lord. I'm just kidding around, but I don't know what it's gonna be like. But think about this we made mistakes, we got things we're not proud of, right? The Bible never hides the truth. Of, of, about these people's weaknesses. Basically, it is painfully honest about the failure of the heroes of the Bible. Isn't that true? Look, God saved the entire world in a flood through a man through no, named Noah who got drunk and naked and blew it all in a tent. 
It's the truth. Did he, did he stick it out? He said, no. He said, he's naked. <laughs> he's drunk. His sons went and covered his nakedness. It was so bad. But it's reality is what? Noah's wasted, man. I don't know how he got wasted. I don't want to talk about the wasted. All I know is this. It's not a real good day on your resume when the guy that saved the world's hammered in the tent. Just call it what it is. And God never took it out. He left it in. So all you other tent naked party people, you're all forgiven with no. I don't know what to tell you. I just say, and what I'm telling you is this, is it doesn't look good, but God still used this guy to save the world. Are you getting this? Maybe it was a bad day. Okay, you don't like that guy? All right, let's just move on. Moses led the children of Israel through the Red Sea into freedom, yet his anger kept him out of the promised land. He smacked the rock one too many times because these crazy Israelites, he had to take on a journey. He went on a mission trip from, a, it's like a nightmare. You ever go on a mission trip? Anybody ever been on a mission trip? I've been on a mission trip. You want to know why I don't take any of you people on a mission trip with me? Because I've been on a mission trip. I'm never doing it again. You can go with some missionary. You ain't going with me. They got off the plane in India. First thing they said, you know, it's hot. I said, where'd you think we were going? Alaska? Yeah, it's 100 degrees in this place. It's 110. They don't have this and they don't have that. And they don't, they, oh my God. They started complaining from the minute the journey started to the day it was, all. I said, I'm never doing this again. I took a handful of people. I said, you can forget it. Complain from the beginning to the end. And I said, nope, not me. I'm out. Praise the Lord. If you come with me, I'm going to give you a test. Are you a complainer? If you're a complainer, stay home. That's what Moses had to deal with. I'm laughing. It's funny. But what am I trying to get you to understand? Moses is trying to lead people to the promised land. And all they did from the minute of leaving on the journey was complain, complain, complain. He couldn't take it any longer. And he gets angry. He has a bad moment. He smacks around one too many times and God goes because of your disobedience from these people you're trying to take to the promised land you ain't going in they ain't going in bottom line you're going to die before you get in well ain't that great don't you think maybe we should have left that out of the Bible I would have but God thought it was important to leave it in why because he leaves human frailty in there but you know one thing I noticed with these guys they all made mistakes but you don't see them making the same mistakes over and over. They learn from their mistakes. And we got to learn from our mistakes. And if you're starting to notice a pattern of making the same mistake over and over and over, maybe you got to revisit how you're really looking at this thing because to understand your fulfilling of your purpose means you can't be making the same mistakes over and over. I don't want to get on anybody, but I'm trying to show you this. Why? This is the thing. The Bible tells us the story of David, who was a man after God's own heart, who basically had an affair and arranged the murder of the woman's husband so he would not be discovered. That's crazy. God didn't leave it out of the Bible. We're not saying it's great things, but David turned his life around. Why? Because even though he had a moral failure, even though he had a problem, even though he had something that was really kind of like outside of the complexity of how we could see things, we understand this, that as we look at these failures in Scripture, you get a clear picture. And just as we see some of these heroes in the Bible had setbacks, we understand this, that we're going to have them too. But here's the thing we got to realize. Even though God never took it out, he doesn't want us to stay in it. 
want you just to grow beyond this stuff so we get there. So what you mean I need to understand is this. My mistakes do not disqualify me from my purpose. Look what it says in Psalms 37, 23 in the King James. And then I want to read another scripture to you. These steps, these steps or the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And he delights in his ways. But look at the next verse. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down for the Lord upholding him with his hand. That means what? Even though we go there, even though we have setbacks, God's still going to pick you up. Look what it says in Colossians about what I was just reading, because I really like this. In Colossians chapter 3, I think it is, that I put them there. I love this scripture because it really gets us an understanding. It's Colossians chapter 2. He canceled out every, look at this guy. He canceled out every legal violation we had on our record. Ain't that cool? Our old arrest warrant that stood to indict us, he erased it all. Our sins, our stained soil, he deleted it all. And they cannot be what? Retrieved. Everything we were once in Adam has been placed onto his cross. He nailed it permanently. And there is what? A public display of cancellation. Come on, man. You are forget, forever forgiven. You are forever forgiven. I don't care if it happened 20 years ago or 20 minutes ago. You and I are forever forgiven because of what Jesus did, not because of what we did. And the minute you can get that, you can live beyond the guilt of life. It gives you strength to understand this, that no matter what it is maybe you face, you got the grace for the place to overcome it. I like this because I think this is good. You know what's kind of funny? In John 18, 27 in the King James, can you go there? I love this. John 18, 27. It's really, 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 really kind of wild how Jesus foretells of Peter's basic denial. But even though he foretells it and even though he lays it out there, Peter still has a problem with it. But I kind of like the way Jesus kind of deals with him and kind of lets him understand this. In John 18, 27, it says this, those who walk with Jesus, we understand they have, people fall. You know what I mean? You can find, you want to find this and you can see this over here. It says this, it says, he explains in John 13, 38. You can go there if you want to show that. That'll be good. It says, verily, verily, I say unto thee, the rooster will not crow till thou hast denied me thrice. And it happened. And Peter denied him immediately knowing when, that, when the rooster crowed that it was there. And one of the greatest things, Jesus answers him. He said, will you lay down for my sake, your life? Verily, I say, I will. He said, the, cock, the rooster will crow and you will deny me three times. He tells him what's going to happen. He does it anyway. I don't know about you, but you would think like, dude, he told you it was going to happen. What did you think we knew? But he doesn't, he doesn't execute at the level. So would you kind of say this? Jesus already told him. Peter did it anyway. And now here he is with the fallout of it. And you think, man, if Jesus was ever, has Jesus told you and me things? Have we done it anyway? Has he told you not to go there and you went anyway? Has he told you not to do that and you did it anyway? Has he told you to maybe make a lifestyle change, but you did it anyway? Come on, we got to get real here sooner or later, right? Has he told you, hey, this isn't a lifestyle I want you to live, but you did it anyway. Nobody's passing the blame. Just roll with me. I'm going to help you. He said, hey, don't go do that. Did you? I got him too. Don't do this. I did it anyway. Don't go. Did it anyway. Don't say that. 
said it anyway. Come on, can I get an amen? You ever have Jesus prep you on what not to say or how not to talk and you did it anyway, <laughs> right? Don't, don't act like that and you did it anyway. I was laughing with somebody the other day. I said, my God in heaven, how many of you had that self-afflicted wound, right? Like, I did it to myself. I didn't need the devil. I was professional on my own, right? I did it anyway, right? Can we, can we all be honest? It'll make you feel better when you leave, right? It was like, well, the devil made me do it. The devil didn't make me do it. I did it on my own. I did it anyway. Praise the Lord. How about you, right? You ever been, you ever have the Lord kind of like, you could almost hear him audibly, like, don't say that. Like, you know, like, you know, you ever been there? You ever been prepped up for it? You know what I'm saying? You ever had a whole day to meditate on it? Woo! You ever been, you ever been ready for it? And you ready, you ready, ready. And Jesus, started, you know, you got that idea like, whoo. And then the Lord's like, you better not say it. He starts 9 o'clock in the morning. Do not bring it up. Do not say it. You're like, whoo. you like, I'm going to be good. And then 11 o'clock, the Lord comes like angels come. Hark the herald angels speak. Don't say that today. And you like, and you're ready. And right at that perfect moment, and you hear the Lord. You do it anyway. You say it anyway. You go anyway. You do it anyway. And then you wonder about the fallout of the results. And then go, oh, whoa, now what? And does God hammer you? Did God rebuke you? Did God yell at you? Just like Peter, he told him, he said, you are going to deny me, bro. He said, I'm going to be with you all the days of your life. He said, I'll give up my life. He said, look at Peter. Right? No offense, but before that rooster crows, you're going to deny me thrice. And Jesus sees him again, and this is what I'm saying. Even in the midst of where we do make mistakes, willful mistakes, unwillful mistakes, mistakes in general, just when you thought Jesus was going to hammer this guy, look at point number two. Pretty funny. He didn't condemn him. He didn't criticize him. He didn't destroy him. He just simply forgave him. This doesn't make any sense. If anybody should have judged him in the moment, Jesus should have did it because he told them. It wasn't like he didn't plan it out and tell them. He turns to Peter in one of the most significant moments in maybe the Bible, so powerful, Peter... What in the world were you thinking? And he doesn't say anything about it. He doesn't even bring it up. Look at John 21, 15. He doesn't even say anything about it. Can you imagine, Peter? I would have brought it up. Like, hey, don't you want to like yell at me or something? Or like, don't you want to bring it up? This is the Jesus that you serve. So then when they dine, nothing was said. This is what he says to him. Simon, Peter, Simon. Son of Jonas, do you love me more than these? What are you talking about? You don't want to bring it up? You don't want to talk about it? You don't, you don't want to rehash it? You don't want to, I told you when the rooster, how many of you would have been like, I told you when that rooster went off, you were going to be a jerk? 
How many would you, how many would how many would have been like, right? All the wives are raising their hand, right? They're going, I remind him every day of what he doesn't do right. Praise the Lord. Good job. Now, no, you come on, you know, we're playing, but would, I would do it. I was like, hey, I told you. I told you. No, not Jesus. Look what Jesus said. He said, he said, Simon, he said, do, do, he said unto him, Do you love me? He said, You know I love you. He said, then feed my lambs. He's giving you a secret here. He said, Simon, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Third time he goes, Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. You know I love you. What's he saying? Get back to your purpose. The minute you and I lose focus on our purpose, we get in trouble. That was David's biggest problem. They were supposed to be out to war. Instead, he's peeping out the window and some lady taking a shower. It's the truth. If you're out of battle, you ain't got time to be peeping Tom. Come on, man. It's reality of life. When you're in your purpose, you don't have time to be picking up all this nonsense. You don't have to be picking up. I can tell you why a lot of times we get off track. We don't know how to take purpose-filled steps. So sometimes we wander down the road we don't need to be on because it doesn't need your attention. Your attention should be where God wants your attention to be. You gotta be careful. But here's the good news when I make a mistake. God doesn't hammer me. God doesn't condemn me. God doesn't criticize me. God doesn't remind me. He just what? Refocuses my purpose on why I'm supposed to be here and what I'm supposed to be doing. That's the best news yet. God's going to be loving towards me. God's going to be caring. Some of you made mistakes. Some of you made willful mistakes. Some of you, guess what? Bottom line is this. Here's what you got to remember. To remember this and don't forget it. The moment you and I have a setback in life, Jesus will birth hope in you by showing you a picture of your future. That's how he gets you back on track. Instead of telling you where you messed up and where maybe we got off place, he shows me what? He gives me hope. By showing me a picture of my future. That's exactly what he did with Peter. Instead of rehashing the past, he shows him his future. Instead of you reminiscing about the past or calling him out or rebuking him or yelling at him, he just said, hey, go fulfill your future. Where do you see that? Look at this. Check this out. He hoped birth in Peter by showing him a photograph of his future and the moment Peter sees the photograph of his future, he can forget his past. Look what it says in Matthew 16, 17. Because this is the key. If you keep looking at your past, all you're going to do is repeat it. So instead of you looking at your past, he starts showing you at your future. And once you see where your future is going, it'll pull you out of your past. That's the key to vision. That's the key to purpose. He said this. And he said in him, he said, Simon, right? He said, Barjona, blessed are you for flesh and blood has not revealed it on you. This is where he asked him, he said, Peter, who am I? Who am I, Peter? Well, some say you're Elijah. Some say you're John the Baptist incarnate. No, 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 that's not what I'm asking you. Who do you say that I am? That's a personal revelation of Christ. Not what the church says. Not what the denomination says. Who is he to you? He said these words. He said, you are the Christ. Pop that up there, please. You are the Christ, 
unto thee. My father told you this. Look at verse 18. And I say unto you, Peter, because you have discovered who I am, let me tell you who you are. Because you don't know who you are. See, the moment you get a revelation of who Jesus is, he's going to tell you who you are, and that's why you want to know who he is. He said, and what? He said, and thou art Peter. I like that. You're a what? A rock. And upon you, I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Look what he says in verse 19. You're going to like this. He says, and I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom. And whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. He tells him who he is. Shows him his future picture. What? You're going to be the builder of the church. I've been saying this for years, you know. When you look at Jesus, right, don't you think sometimes he should look at the resume of some people before he gives them the calling? You know, Jesus is sitting there. He's nailed to the cross. I get it. It's the end of the story. He's getting ready to go to heaven. And he looks at John, the beloved, and goes, John, take care of my mom. Peter, go build the church. You're looking at this thing going, time out. I work in HR. This is a problem. Right? This is a nightmare. This is not just a logistical nightmare for HR. This is basically going to be a mess. This guy is a, a, he, he's, he's a no-show. He don't show up. He's cussing you out at the fire. He's a complete mess. I got an idea. I'm a good leader. Let's do this. Let's give the church to John. He's more qualified. He's more productive. He's more consistent. And he shows up. And let's give your mom to Peter because he's botched everything else up. How bad can he do this? Bottom line, she doesn't need that much attention. No, not Jesus. He said, what? This is what I called you to do. And he doesn't take away what he called you to do just because you messed up your purpose for a season of your life. You say, well, I was drunk from 94 to 80. I don't really care. He don't care either. He ain't taking the gift off your life. It's your responsibility. Well, you know, I had a setback. You know how many mistakes I made? I don't really care. Guess what? He ain't taking what he called you to be off of you just because you made mistakes. Now, it's not great, but I got news for you. He don't pull, he ain't taking it off your life, so you got to fulfill it. And maybe the reason why some of you are in the position and the behavior patterns you're in is because you don't realize how much purpose you got. So instead of fulfilling something, sometimes you're running away from it and you don't even know it. You ever see a fish out of water? You ever see a fish on dry land? Doesn't look like his brilliance has been revealed, does it? The moment you drop it in the water, man, that thing's flying in a different element. Maybe you got to ask yourself, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? What's the greatest thing we got to overcome? Point number four. And Jesus will give you the ability to overcome your human weakness. We all got it. I don't know if I can do it. Jesus never gave it to you, the giftings or the purpose based upon your ability. It was based upon his ability. So you're going to need him in the middle of it. And I know sometimes this is like, this is a grow you kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, Pastor Chris, I don't know if I'm in my purpose. Well, he gave you the power to overcome your human weakness that maybe holds you back. Where do you see that? Well, when he gave him the keys to the kingdom, he gave him the ability of heaven to become stronger than he was in the natural. Not only will Jesus give you the strength, he's going to alert you of some of your enemies that are coming against you. 
where are the enemies that come against you? Your mind. I don't feel like I'm important. I don't feel like I'm called. You, know, you don't know where I've been. I don't know where you've been, but it doesn't make a difference. Your testimony could be greater. Don't waste your pain. A lot of you have been through some painful stuff. I, I, I don't want you to have to go there mentally, but don't waste it. Some of the stuff you went through, you could share with somebody else so they can go through. I went through it so you can go through it. God didn't bring it, but God will sure use your testimony to turn somebody else's life around. Not everything you go through in life is, is simple. It's, sometimes it's really hard, but you got to remember this. You know what? Maybe the pain you walk through could be the privilege to somebody else to get through. I don't know why you're here. I don't know what you're doing. I know this, though. Don't waste that minute of it. Because what you can encourage somebody else to go through, they can say, man, if you did it, I can do it. Sometimes somebody's got to see somebody that walking through it. That's why when you look at these guys, you look at it, David, you know, well, if he went through it, I can go through it. One of the greatest obstacles you're going to have to have in this purpose thing is you're going to have to overcome some of the ideas in your mind. Because your mind's going to tell you, I'm disqualified, or I'm not good enough, or I can't do this, or it's always going to come. Doubt's going to try to scream so loud to tell you that you're not the person that God called you to be. It's going to try to take away your dream, but you can't let nobody take away your dream. You've got to believe in you when no one else believes in you. You've got to believe in what God said when nobody else believes it. I want you to understand this with every fiber of your being, that your mind is going to try to shut you down from everything that God called you to be at first, and you're going to have to renew it to believe it. You know, the Bible says this. He says, put yourself in remembrance to the gift that's been given to you. you got to put yourself in remembrance that I'm a gift to the earth, something about you nobody else in the world has. You might not look in the mirror and sometimes feel like you're special, but you are. This is, I'm not selling you on something. This is who you are. On the other side of what you've been called to do, somebody's waiting for you. Well, I don't think it's big. Well, what's big anyway? Big is obedience. I told you that. Fulfill your purpose. Don't let your mind talk you out of it. Well, you know, Pastor Chris, my, 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 my season or my past isn't really great. Well, look at these guys in the Bible. Their past wasn't great, but God still used them. Their decisions weren't great, but God still used them. God didn't take off of them what he put on them in the beginning just because their behavior in the middle of it didn't look too hot. You got to remember this. Don't you quit on this. Jesus wants you to understand that this assignment has been given to you and no one else in the world can fulfill it but you. And that might sound big, but it is big. And I don't want to take nothing off of that and make you feel like, well, you know, I'm not that big a deal. You are. You are. I don't care if you touch one life, a million lives, you're important to the kingdom. God would not let you be here if you were not important. Stop looking in the mirror and start thinking everything you're not and start seeing the person that God called you to be. I got a purpose. I got a plan. And I got news for you. A lot of you know, like, oh, I'm in the world and I do this and I got, no, 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 no. Your purpose and your plan started with God. Maybe you're just discovering it. Maybe you're just figuring it out. But I got news for you. I don't care what you do out there. You got a God-given assignment first. 
And if you don't fulfill this God-given assignment in the earth, guess what? Somebody's going to suffer because of it. You know, Jesus said this about his own life. He said, he said, unless a grain of wheat falls in the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, it'll bear much fruit. Your life is like that. You can't just go do what you want to go do. You got to plant yourself in the ground and we got to see the harvest that you produce in the earth. It's your responsibility. So many people want to live for themselves and they want to live for their own dream and they want to live for their own purpose. Guess what? I got news for you. You don't get to live for yourself. You don't get to pick your assignment. You don't get to pick what you do. God already picked it. Somebody says, well, you know, this is big. You know, preaching the gospel, this is big. No, this is my assignment. It might not be your assignment. Your assignment's just as big. You know, I told him in the morning service a long time ago, I was, I was, I was telling God, you know, we were, we, were in, we were at the Miracle Center and it was really, really cool and it was great. We didn't have none of this stuff. And I went to God and I said, God, we we're in having a meeting or something. And I told God, I was sitting, I never forget, I was sitting over there and I said, God, if I, if I, if I built you a church, this is what I was telling the Lord, right? In my, in my, in my, my mental place. If I built you a church debt free and won souls and did great things for the kingdom, wouldn't that be awesome? And God said, not if I didn't call you to do it. And I said, no, nah, you messed that up. I said, that can't be right. I said, debt-free church, go win souls, change the world, do great things, and awesome. And God said, if I didn't call you to do it and you decide just to do it because it looks like it's what you're supposed to do, you will get no reward for it. I said, that's ridiculous. I said, that's just me talking to myself. Fran, it was crazy. Two weeks later, I'm reading the Bible and I read about David. And David said, I want to build you a church. David had billions of dollars. He didn't need no money. And you know what God told David? You are a man of war. You will not build me a temple. Solomon will build me a temple and he will have enough provision to do it. You do not touch it. And I got my answer that you could be doing something that you think is for the Lord, and when you get to heaven, you're going to be shocked and find out you ain't getting no reward for it. So don't try to do something God never called you to do. Just get in your purpose and do your purpose. That's where your greatest reward is. And now everybody thinks in church you're getting sold some bill of goods. We say, like, you know, if God told you mow the lawn, mow the lawn, right? If God told you to do the right? Sure, right? Oh, that's you trying. No, I got news for you. That's where I wanted to stay. God, just leave me alone and I'll go do this stuff. Why? Because I just want to fulfill my purpose. That's what you're looking for. What's my purpose? One, one million, one, ten, nobody. I don't even care. How about your family? What if you are supposed to be the light to the family? What if you're supposed to be the light on your job? Well, I don't want that. I want something bigger than that. Well, wait a minute. What do you mean bigger than that? Isn't that big enough? If this is what you're called to do, so help me, God, I'm going to help you get here. That's not, that might be what you're called to do. I can't do that. I can't sing. If you're called to sing, you better sing. If you're called to play, you better play. You say, I ain't got no calling. If you got the ministry of helps, help. If you got the ministry to give. I know people, you know what their ministry is? They just give money. That's what they're called to do. Do you look at them and say, we don't need them? I know people, all they want to do is volunteer. Beautiful, go volunteer. I got people in this building, all they want to do is go work with kids. Praise be to God. I know, sometimes you get talking about this stuff. It's not the most exciting thing in the world because I'm making you look internally and check it out and I'm stirring some stuff up. But here's the thing. My key for you today is this, to help you with spiritual growth. Do you remember what the Bible said when we started this thing? And Joseph got purged so his character can be developed. Sometimes we got to purge our character 
so we can what? Be developed. Am I doing what God called me to do? Last point is this. Pop that up on the screen. You're going to like this one. Check this out. I liked it. Check this. Jesus showed his personal confidence that Peter would complete the mission and purpose he had for him. Sometimes you just need to know Jesus saying, it's going to be all right. It's all going to work out in the end. Sometimes you don't know how it's going to work out. You can't see how it's going to work out. You don't know when it's going to work out. You wish the God would give you like, kind of like a preview of it working out. You mean, but there ain't none of that, and you got to just hang on by faith and just praise God. Look what he says to him here when he explains to Peter what's going on. It's kind of a weird text, but it's kind of wild at the same time. It's in the Passion. It says, Peter, my dear friend, listen to what I'm about to tell you. Satan has demanded to come and sift you like wheat and test your faith. But I prayed for you that you would stay faithful to me no matter what comes. Remember this, after you turn your back to me and have been restored, make it your life mission to strengthen the faith of your brothers. This is before he even commits it, guys. This is before he denounces them. He says, look, he's coming to get you. I prayed for you, you're going to be all right. Might not look all right. Would have been great if you would have listened to me before it happened, but I got news for you. When this thing's all over, just come back to me. I'll restore you. And then here's what I need you to do. Just share your restoration story with somebody else. And strengthen the faith of everybody in the body, your brothers and sisters. You see that? Just before it even happens. Jesus doesn't know... Let me say it like this. He knows the decision you're going to make and he's already got a plan to fix it. The greatest thing is if Peter would have just obeyed from the beginning, but he didn't. How many times have me and you not obeyed in the beginning when we should have? Just remember, on the other side is a restoration project, but all he told him to do was what? Let's look at that one more time. I think you just need to see that. He said this. He said, I'm going to restore and make it your life mission to strengthen the faith of your brothers. Isn't that your testimony? Hey man, God told me and I messed it up, but guess what? He restored me. Hey, you know what? I came home one day and somebody said, they don't want to love me no more. And they walked out of my life and it looked like my world was flipped up upside down. I got smacked right in the face and I fell down. But you got back up. Man, I got so far out. Man, I got people in here, they were so high, they don't remember. I had one guy, he said, I don't remember 15, 20 years of my life. I guess what, you ain't high no more? Go tell somebody how to get out. I got a guy here sat in the morning, the doctor told him to go home and die. He ain't dead. Come on, come on. You know what I'm saying? Some of you got the wind, life, tried to knock the stinking wind out of you and it felt like it was over but guess what you're still breathing come on come on come on where you at come on where you at got the guy in the morning over there got the badge got eight, eight what eight months sobriety come on got the guy got 18 years sobriety sitting next to him telling the story come on where you at, relevant? Where you at, relevant? Where you at, relevant? 
Where you at, relevant? Where you at? Got the guy that got knocked down, got back up. Where you at, relevant? Should have knocked you out, should have killed you, should have stopped you, but you got back up. A good man gets knocked down, but a great man gets back up. You got to get back up. You got to get back up. It was supposed to take you out, but it didn't take you out. Come on. They were ready to write your obituary, but guess what? You're still living. You're still breathing. You're still going. You got purpose in your life. Come on. You got purpose in your life. You got a story. You got a testimony. You got something in you to give away. Got it, man. Nobody said everybody's journey is going to be easy, but God's going to be faithful. That's all you got to remember. I got a purpose. You know, some of you got to get that, like, you know, little glide in your stride. I call it my hey. You know what I'm saying? I got that hey little step. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, what's up? Like, you cool, you know? It's cool. Like, yeah. Like, because people don't know what you've been through. That's why I never critique my praise. That's why, like, when people get buck wild in church, I don't critique their stuff, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, people are like, why are they getting all excited? You don't know what they've been walking through. You know what I'm saying? They got a shout, and they're a little, they little rough when they're messing up the chairs, you know, banging the row. I'm like, let them go. Why? You don't know, you don't know what the heaven they've been walking through. You don't know what they've been, you know what I'm saying? Look, I'm being serious, right? Sometimes, like, you don't know. I thought I was losing my mind. If I got a shout in my mouth today, I'm going to make it out. Come on. You get what I'm saying? Don't critique nobody's praise because you don't know the process of where they're at. But I know this. Woo, you got a purpose. Your future's bright. Your future's bright. You say, I don't know, preacher, if I can believe that. It's the truth. It's the truth. Only one of you in the world. Remember I told you at the beginning of this, why do you want to die a copy when God made you unique? I told you I tried to be T.D. Jakes. Remember that? I did, man. I think he's, guys are brilliant. You ever see him? They tell a man to give him that thing. You ever see him drop the mic? Oh my God, I want to quit. I want to quit preaching when I watch him. They asked him a question the other day. They said, Bishop, say something about this guy preached a sermon in like three seconds. It was like, how do you get that? Out of two, two sticks and a loaf of bread or something. I don't know, he preached a mirror. I got saved. I was like, praise the Lord. But guess what? That, you ain't you T.D. Ain't Jakes. There's only one of him. Come on. Some of you want to do this, want to do this. There's only one of you. Be you. The minute you stay in you, God took his spirit, put it on you, made you unique. There's only one of you in the world. Don't die a copy. Stay in who you are and let God use you. I promise you this. There's something in you nobody else in the world has. And the people group's waiting to hear your voice. I'd be one or one million, but they're waiting for you. Where are they waiting for me at? I don't know. That's your discovery with God. Somebody waiting for you to share your faith, share your story, share your life, and see God's light in your life because you got a purpose, and it's bigger than what you think. It's bigger than what you think. I promise you it's the truth, and it's up to you to discover it. So I got to start asking. So when you leave here today, PL's coming, but when you leave here today, this is what I want you to do. Start asking God, hey, God, why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing? Here's a big one. Who am I supposed to reach? You know, sometimes I do this now. I go places. I go, I did this the other week. 
I said, God, if there's someone in here in my environment you want me to meet, do it. I've been doing that lately. Like I go in atmospheres and I'm like, if there's somebody in here I need to meet, let me meet them. I was in the airport. When was that? I don't know, the other time. Not this time, last time. I said, I walked in the Sky Lounge. You know, I was like, hey, man, is there somebody in here I'm supposed to meet? Let me meet. Man, this guy looked over. I talked to this guy for 45 minutes. What do you do? I said, preach the gospel. Wow, man, cool. You know, boom. The other day, I was with you. I was with you and Manny, and there's a kid in there in the store, and he's like, what do you do? I said, I'm a preacher. On the plane, going. I downloaded the app. I gave it to the guy. He's going to come. I said, he see me doing my thing on my Bible. I was doing my scripture things. He said, what are you doing? I said, I, I'm setting up these things I'm doing. He said, wow. I said, take the app. Go do it. What? You saying that's me? No, you have to be aware of your environment. We get so self-absorbed, we forget there's other people waiting to hear you. Be open. That's all. I ain't doing this 90 hours a day, but there's environments God's putting you. Don't get so busy you can't hear God to reach out to somebody. Just reach out and touch somebody with the truth. That's all. That's all I got. But you better fulfill your purpose because we need you. And you might not think it's big, but I told you today all day long, and I'm not going to quit telling you this. It's big. You got to start believing in you. When I say that, I don't want you to ever take that as an arrogant thing. It's not. A lot of people don't believe in themselves. Well, I'm not special. You are. Nothing special about me. There is. Pastor Chris, you know, nobody, no, they will. You got a better testimony than you think. But it's up to you. Are you going to do it? You're going to take your talent, you're going to bury it in the dirt, or you're going to let the world see it. Only you got it. I got news for you when you see Jesus is going to say what you do with it. I buried it in the ground. That ain't going to cut it. Say, you're supposed to show it to the world. Say, what man's got the truth sticks it under a bed, hides it in a bushel? Would he not put it on top or get on top of the roof and scream from the roofers? Woo! Don't take your talent. Don't take, listen to me. I'm in a vein right now. Let me just get this out. Goofiest story in the Bible is why is Elijah taking power to the grave? Don't you take that uniqueness to the grave in your life? Let it loosen the earth. Miles Monroe said this. He said, the greatest potential I've ever seen in my life was in the cemetery. It's true. Because potential is ability that has not been tapped into. Don't take your potential to the grave. Release this stuff on the earth. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for these guys. They're growing in purpose. They're growing in grace. You're going to reveal to them. You're going to show it to them. They're going to see it greater than ever before. And Father, we love you and we thank you for what you're doing in our life. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarnum. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, you can visit us at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. Thanks for listening.